He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Sister Jean has magical God powers. Because of that, Loyola Chicago is in the Final Four. West Virginia is not. Why is it never my team that gets the good luck? Why is it never my team that has the chaplain that prays for success? Why is it never my team that gets the awesome draw in the bracket? I had a roommate in college, big-time Orioles fan, big-time, also a Capitals fan and a Redskins fan, so he had never, ever, ever really experienced sports success. He was born 1990, so the Orioles hadn't been any good. And when they finally got good, when Joe Buck got to town, they played a series against the Yankees. Yeah, what was that, Joe Buck? Joe Buck? People forget Joe Buck had a very illustrious managerial career. Yeah, he's he's great. Real game manager. Takes after his dad, Jack. Yeah, yeah. You want to try that again? Take two. Well, now I forget his name entirely. Okay, it's Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter! Yes, thank you! Mm -hmm. That's bad. That's bad. So when Buck Showalter gets to town... What's funny? They called him John Cuck. Or John Buck. (laughs) Joe Buck. What the hell? What happened? Nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead with your segment. You just go on with your segment. Is it Buck Showalter? Is that that who it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. In Buck, we trust. So, Buck Showalter becomes the manager of the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, for the love of God. Oh, no. Slipping. And they lose to the Yankees and get eliminated from the playoffs, and my roommate is hammered drunk. Now, let me paint you a picture of where we live. We call it the law firm because it was Crowley, Crowley, Cooper, Haynes. There were two Crowleys, me and myself. Drunk Crowley and sober Crowley. (laughs) It's very similar to that with my friend Chris. He's the guy who I'm telling the story about. He gets home from the bar hammered. And we just hear, bam, boom. I'm sitting in the living room. Got a beer in one hand, a cigarette in the other hand. And the door just comes flying off the hinges. My roommate, Chris, screams, why is it always my effing teams? And he kicks a doggy door hole in his bedroom door before ripping that off the hinges and going to sit down on his bed. Well, at that point, there's no privacy because his damn door's off the hinges. The front door's off the hinges. That's how I felt this weekend. I thought I was going to lose my mind. When West Virginia lost the lead against Villanova and then wound up losing by 12, I then looked at the other side of the bracket and I just thought, why the hell's it ever not my team? Every effing year, my teams don't get the draw. They don't get the luck. And it sucks. Although the Penguins are back-to-back champs. I guess I can't complain that much. West Virginia would have had a better shot, though, had they had Sister Jean praying in their corner. I called Sister Jean on Friday. I pleaded with her to switch allegiances, or at least to pray that West Virginia gets through to the Final Four. She never called me back, so I called her three times earlier today. This is Sister Jean. Currently, I am unable to answer the phone. Please leave your name and your telephone number, and I will return your call as soon as possible. Thank you. After the tone, please record your message. When you finish recording, hang up or press the pound key for more options. 
Sister Jean, Adam Crowley here again, ESPN Pittsburgh, 412-922-2874. He didn't call me back the other day, and I get it. You're busy. You got Loyola Chicago. They're in the Final Four, and your time's been taken up, so you don't want to talk to me. But Sister Jean, I just got to say, you let me down. You let the Mountaineers down, and I knew it was a Hail Mary for you to pray for my squad, for those prayers to get to almost heaven, but I don't think he even tried. You didn't try to call me, certainly, and if you didn't try to call me, then I'm guessing you didn't even try to pray for him, and it just doesn't seem like a very Catholic thing to do. Anyway, give me a call, 412-922-2874, and maybe we can work something out for next year. All right, thanks, Sister Jean. This is Sister Jean. You know what, Sister Jean, I'm starting to get a little fed up here. I've left you two messages. Adam Crowley here, ESPN Pittsburgh, 412-922-2874, and you're not getting back to me. And frankly... I said it was not Catholic-like the first time around. Well, you know what? In fact, it's not Christian-like at all. In fact, I don't even know what faith it is that you proclaim to be a part of, but it doesn't seem like they're very nice people. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm taking it out on you. Really, I should be calling the Villanova nuns. Oh, they don't have any. Because they sided with the devil. I'm sorry. This isn't This isn't about you. I love you. We'll talk about next year later. Just 412-922-2874. Goodbye. Now listen here, you Adam Crowley, ESPN Pittsburgh, 412-922-2874. I'm getting sick of your shit here. It's three times I've called you and no messages back, no text, nothing. You didn't even tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. It's just I'm fed up with your nonsense and your, oh, selfish ways, let's call them. All these kids are going out there playing basketball and your ass is making all the money. Oh, I'm going to get my license. Yeah, well, you should learn to drive a long time ago, you old bag. And what's that thing that's on your lip anyhow? Sister Jean. Disgusting. Ah, I'm sorry. You know what? No, I'm not. You're going to hell. Yeah, selfish. Goodbye. feel a little bit bad about that one yeah yeah it's funny what happens when you know in the heat of things when emotions are running like my squad lost okay and she had promised uh, via voicemail she, did not she promise. promised she did there not. was an understanding that she was going to call me back and even if she didn't call me back i thought there was an understanding that she was going to pray for west virginia to get to the final four and she didn't do either of those things great christian woman didn't even call me back I'm probably going to have to talk about this in confessional. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'd like Big time. The amount of Hail Marys that are going to be thrown your way off of this one, <laughs> boy, you're going to be done for weeks. Just call me Doug Flutie. You might just, you might just go to, straight to hell, honestly. I'm not standing near you. Cordell Stewart. Aaron Rodgers. Joe Buck. Jack Buck. Jack Show, Buck, Buck Showalter. What the hell is his name? But Showalter? Yes. Okay. 412-922-2874. Sidney Crosby's breaking out. Should have teased that in the middle of all the Sister Jean nonsense. Sorry. But Sidney Crosby's playing damn good puck. Jesse Marshall going to join us in 10 minutes to talk about it. Penguins aren't playing great. They allowed 45 shots on goal yesterday to the Philadelphia Flyers. I ain't worried. 
The Penguins' defense is jumping in on every play and they're giving up too many odd man rushes. I ain't worried. The puck management has been dreadful at times, and we saw the trailer score a couple of goals for Philly on Sunday. I ain't worried. I ain't worried about these Penguins. And the reasons are many. Matt Murray was playing his best hockey before his concussion. He's got a career 928 save percentage in the playoffs. He'll be that guy again. Just got to get back in a groove. Derek Broussard's now found his game. He's got points in six straight. He's got things figured out. Brian Rust, like where he's fitting with these Penguins, top line, second line, don't matter. He can contribute. Evgeny Malkin's MVP pace hasn't really slowed. You see that? Curling drag yesterday. The biggest reason, though, I have for optimism is that the captain has regained his goal-scoring and playmaking form. He's coming out, baby. He's got a goal and an assist in each of his last three games played. He's got that look in his eye. That lust look. That look like he's about to screw the rest of the National Hockey League. Right now is just the foreplay. Right now is him getting the rest of the league ready. In trembling. Yesterday, he dominated the third period in overtime. His goal to start the third was vintage Sidney Crosby. Now, his shooting percentage is going to be the lowest it's been in a full season. That means there's bad luck involved. But I think Crosby's been playing well all year long. And now the luck. The buck. Is back on his side. Against Montreal, he scored to tie the game at three. They're happening at the best moments of these hockey games. He scored to break the tie against Philly. He set up the goal in overtime to beat Philly. He back. He back and I ain't scared. But if I was a fan of Tampa or Boston or Philly or Columbus or Washington or Florida or Toronto, I'd be scared bleepless that this guy is playing his best hockey when it now matters most. You know what? Just scratch his name into the con Smythe right now. Evgeny Malkin or Sidney Crosby. The Penguins entering the playoffs. McDavid ain't going to be there. He's not going to be there. Kucherov, yeah, he'll be there. But you can make an argument that the Penguins are going to have the two players who are playing the best hockey as the playoffs begin if they keep this up. <laughs> and I'm sweaty. And I'm excited. I'm dripping over here. Trembling with the anticipation of what Crosby can do as he tears into this league. Oh, he's back. Oh, Sidney Crosby's on a roll. Oh, oh. This just in, by the way. Flyers suck. I wrote a piece about it on ESPNPGH.com a couple of weeks ago when the Penguins played the Flyers and beat their sorry asses. I wrote another piece today on ESPNPGH.com about really wanting to play them Flyers in the playoffs. Oh, come on. Just give me Philly. First off, I mean, it's nothing better rivalry-wise than that. 
Secondly, it's a five-game series at most. At most, five-game series. Pens are back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. They should not be fearful of any playoff matchup, but that doesn't mean I can't be. Devils, they're 3-0 against the Penguins this year. Their speed has given the Penguins some problems. The Penguins could certainly buck that trend and beat the Devils in round one, but I'd rather that opportunity never present itself. Oh, it would have been funnier if I would have said the Penguins could certainly show Walter that trend and beat the Devils in round one. Ah, I'm angry at myself. The Blue Jackets, buoyed by the greatest hockey player ever, Ian Cole, have won nine of their last ten games. They're hot. So the best matchup for the Penguins is Philadelphia. Pittsburgh swept Philly for the second time in franchise history. The Penguins scored five goals in each of the four games played against their cross-state rivals. If you take out the loser point, Philly's 38-38 and on the season. They're not good. They're average. That's why the Flyers' comeback on Sunday didn't bother me one bit. It got them a point. The Penguins moved up in the standings. Philadelphia got to tie Columbus. The Penguins, as of now, are in second place in the Metro. They're three points up on Philly and Columbus. If Pittsburgh were to stay in the second slot, their opponent would be the team that occupies the third slot. Right now, that's P. Hilly and the Jackets. They're tied for third. Penguins fans should hope that the Jackets fall off a bit, that Ian Cole can maybe fall down some stairs, and that the Flyers hang around in the third-place slot. That, in my opinion, would give the Penguins a nice head start on trying to win their third title in three years. Jesse Marshall, the Athletic, going to join me at 6.20 to discuss all things Penguins. They've just got six games left in the regular season. Six. Six. And Crosby's feeling it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Crosby's like, oh, is it playoff time? Time for me to hit GOAT status. Mm. Seriously, I imagine in the Penguins locker room that when the schedule hit 72 games, Crosby walked in nude. With one of those golf things you put on your driver over his, you know what? And it's just a goat. As walks in, showing goat. Guys, there's 10 games left in the regular season. I'm about to take this shiz to another level. We'll talk about that with my man Jesse Marshall coming up after the break. It's the Crowley Show. Bump music's too good for me to even want to start talking. My buddy was out at the club this week. Met a girl. They gave him a number. Tom, I'd like you to dial the number that I just told you to dial. Will do. And this is what happened to my friend. And actually, it sounds like something happened to her. Are we calling a girl? Just wait and see. This is... What came up when my buddy called this phone number? Pop him through. 
It appears to be busy at this time. Oh, hilarious joke, Crowley. That's great, Crowley. Oh, that was great well, stuff, man. A busy Is signal. that what you were going for? Was the busy signal? That's not what I was going for. There's, oh. there, it's a hilarious answering machine. You want to try again? Let's try it again. Tom, be better at your job. I took it out on Tom. <laughs> he did right <laughs> away. Probably not fair. <laughs> How dare you make the phone? Busy. I always take things out on Tom. Tom, you should just put it through straight to the air, though. Okay, well, this isn't going to work. Sometimes you workshop a bit. Great bit, Crowley. And it works. Yeah, sometimes that was doesn't outstanding work. stuff. You know what? That's, yeah. Give him a nice little round of applause. Great stuff, Crowley. That's what you get here on the program. High comedy. Luckily, though, we've got Jesse Marshall, the Marsh Dog, on the line with us now from The Athletic. Uh, hello, Marsh uh, Jesse Marshall. Hello. Don't know what the hell that is, Marsh Daddy, but... Yeah. Uh, it just just came to me. What's going on? Nothing. Uh, and you're right. It is it is a season for celebration. Uh, the sweep of Philadelphia complete. Everybody can uh, sleep a little bit easier until uh, Tuesday night anyway. Yeah, it absolutely does not matter how it gets done as far as I'm concerned. Even at this critical juncture of the season, Jesse, uh, I just wanted to see the Penguins beat Philly. If they want to fine-tune their game moving forward, that's great. It just needed to happen yesterday. They'd get that win. Yeah, and I think the last time, uh, it, well, and you got to remember too. I, I, there's a history to this rivalry, obviously. You know, the Penguins went, I don't even know how many games it was, but not, they, they had an obscene losing streak at the spectrum mm-hmm. uh, through the late 80s and the early 90s uh, that was just absolutely outrageous. So anytime you have the ability to pay them back for that, uh, it is great. It at least sets that franchise uh, win loss record against each other uh, offsets it a little bit from that horrendous win streak or, win, or loss streak that they won on at the spectrum. But it also sets a precedent that, you know, if we meet, if, you know, that they meet in the playoffs, uh, it plants that seed of doubt for Philadelphia now. It's like, how are we going to uh, manage to beat this team and prevent them from scoring less than five goals against us? Jesse Marshall of the Athletic Marsh Dog joining me here on the Crowley Show. Sidney Crosby, Jesse, has a career low shooting percentage. But it looks like he's coming out, baby. He's back. Bad luck before? What's going on? Uh, I think that the, he all season long has talked about where he's at in his process. I know it's like sports talk these days, you know, the whole respect the process thing. Uh, but Sidney Crosby said on multiple occasions that he would start to worry about his goal totals when the scoring chances stop coming. Uh, and he said that's how he judges his own game. He goes, if the chances are there, sometimes they, do, they go in, sometimes they don't. All you can do is just make sure that you're continuing to generate the chances and eventually, uh, you know, he didn't say this, but the law of averages end up working out in your favor. So I, I think for him it's just been about staying the course. I think he's been great this year in terms of how he's generated shot quality shot opportunities and scoring chances. He's set up some grade A, absolutely unbelievable no-look passes this season that his line mates haven't been able to bury. Uh, he should just, period, have way more points than he does, Adam. And I don't think his point total is indicative of how he's played this season. I know a lot of people point to that, and they say it's a down year for Sidney Crosby. I don't think it is. Uh, I think he's dominating the game at the level he always has. I think there's some things that haven't gone in his favor that normally kind of fall into place for him. So, uh, that being said, to your point, if you're going to start scoring goals, March is a really good time to do it. Late March, in particular, is a really good time to do it. Uh, so, this is now another situation here where... Uh, if you're an opposing coach, uh, you've got Derek Broussard riding a six-game point streak. You've got Evgeny Malkin 
uh, as a heart a trophy candidate and a heart Ross candidate, and now you've got Sidney Crosby waking up. What do you do? Who are you going to deploy uh, against two, and how do you manage that? Uh, that's the problem the Penguins have created the last two cup runs, and it's a problem that uh, other teams are going to have to answer for again this season. You concerned about the number of shots that the Penguins are giving up, Jesse? You know what's interesting is that if you – I went back this morning and took a look at their results over the last 30 days. Uh, and I, in my mind's eye, I guess, just from an eye test perspective, I had assumed that I was going to be looking at data that was basically a disaster. Defensively speaking, however you want to look at it, that's not what I found, Adam. Uh, ironically enough, in the last 30 days, the Penguins are the fifth best puck possession team in the National Hockey League. They're the third best uh, scoring chances uh, shot, or not shot share, but share of scoring chances for third best in the National Hockey League. Uh, defensively, uh, they're actually in the top five in limiting shots and scoring chances over the last 30 days. Uh, so that's pretty crazy to me. That's not what I expected to see. Uh, I kind of thought that things were going to be falling apart and you were going to find them at the bottom of the barrel or at least the bottom third of the National Hockey League in those categories. But uh, what's really killed them, Adam, is their, is their goaltending and their shooting percentage. Their shooting percentage is still in the bottom third of the league, and their goaltending is now also in the bottom third of the league, just looking at the last 30 days. So uh, am I concerned with the amount of shots that they've let up? No. Am I concerned with some of the high-quality chances that they're surrendering? Yes. Uh, I think if they can cut out those one or two instances a game where the wheels just fall off and, everybody's uh, sort of flopping around like a fish out of water. I think they're going to be okay. But that's really where, where it's been concerning for me is that there's just one or two or three instances sometimes per game where uh, you get a lot of puck watching, you get a lot of turnovers, and they just look an absolute mess. Uh, and outside of those little shifts and those little instances, they've actually been just fine. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? Breaker, breaker, one nine. Got a 20 on a pole cat in the top hat. Plucking pigeon feathers on Green Tree Road near the Big Bird. Got to keep that needle back or you'll be laying some stack. Don't want to pay that troll toll. It's the Smoker Report. You see a Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the Bushes, or a Bear in the Air? Give us a holler and we'll get you home without that extra freight. 412-922-2874. And you always remember, keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. Jesse, why have those instances of giving up those big-time scoring chances been happening, the few a game that they've been letting up? Well, I got, Chris Letang is probably responsible for at least half of them. Yeah, good point. Uh, I, think, I think it's it's a problem of wanting to – and this is something that Mike Sullivan's consistently said, and now it's something that the players are starting to parrot a little bit. We're trying to outscore the other team and not outplay them. Mm. So I think when the idea behind – your defensive approach is to take the puck to create offense and not to just simply play defense. You end up in these situations where guys, again, to point out Chris Letang, are making these aggressive pinches on the puck and not taking the body. And when you're focused solely on the puck and that's your, that's your one area of focus in breaking a play up, it becomes a lot easier for guys to walk around you. Uh, I think the other problem the Penguins have had is they've been coasting a little bit. When I say that, I mean coming back into the defensive zone, Adam, picking up guys that are trailing late and having an attention to detail. I think there's instances in those breakdowns where the Penguins are waiting for somebody else to do the heavy lifting, where it's almost like, ah, I'm not, you got him. I'm good. You know, you take him. Uh, you know, should I be getting this guy? It's almost like they're not on the same page. But at the same time, 
we, we've seen this team just flip a switch in the postseason and just go crazy. So maybe we should be expecting that again. I always thought that that was sort of an impossibility and that didn't happen in the NHL. Uh, but the Penguins last season going into the playoffs, Adam, they weren't playing very good hockey. Uh, they looked rough. Uh, they looked a lot worse than they do right now, mm-hmm. uh, and they won the Stanley Cup. So I think, again, maybe they're just biding their time, I guess. Maybe they know when the real hockey is about to be played, and you know they're not going to bend over backwards to break up a scoring chance in a game that ultimately might not be a, as much a consequence in the grand scheme of things. That's what I'm sensing, too. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic joining me here on the Crowley Show. Matt Murray's glove hand should be a Twitter account. Everyone's chirping him about yesterday's performance he stopped 41 of 45 shots he had a 9-1-1 save percentage he had a 9-37 save percentage in the playoffs last year he's got a 9-28 save percentage in his career i tend to think jesse if you've got a weak glove hand you're not having a 9-37 save percentage in the playoffs i've been saying that for two years you know if if, if there was a glaring issue with matt murray's game that was as glaring as a lot of people seem to think it is, he wouldn't be in the position that he's in at all, uh, period. Uh, not to mention the fact that at, people don't want to hear this, Adam, but at the NHL level, if the scouting report on a goalie is shoot glove side, how many opportunities do you have in a game <laughs> to stop what you're doing and pinpoint glove side? Right. The game works way too quickly for that. And even the players have acknowledged that in the room. You know, Obviously, you're aware of what the scouting report is, targeting it intentionally is a whole nother thing altogether. Uh, and out of all the shots that are attempted in a hockey game, uh, you look at the 60-plus shot attempts the Penguins had yesterday, you know, what were there, 10 of them where they actually had the opportunity to sit down and pick a spot? Um, I, I, Matt Murray hasn't had the best year, but it's also well-documented what he's dealt with. Or Lawson's father, the concussion, everything else that goes into to, to his injury issues. I don't know that the guys had an ability to sit down and get into a groove. I think he was in one before he got the yes, he was playing yeah. the best hockey of the season. Uh, he's just got to get back to it. They have to give him as many games as possible, moving down the stretch here. And, and, and I, I, that's one area that I'm not super concerned with is goaltending. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I don't expect the Penguins to be surrendering this quality of shot in the playoffs. Uh, and moreover, uh, you know, again, we, we've seen Matt Murray get it done with the numbers that you just boasted. So, um, again, if the glove hand was something that was going to ruin his career, we would know that by now, uh, and that would be something that we would be aware of. And I don't think that's the case at all. Why the PK struggles right now, Jesse? Is it because they lost the greatest defenseman of all time? <laughs> I assume you're referring to Ian Cole? Of course. Um, now, to the Penguins, penalty kill actually started to trail off right at the end of Ian Cole's tenure, uh, and it's just kind of de- sort of de- continued on this decline. They're not allowing an egregious amount of shots. They're not allowing an egregious amount of scoring chances. I think that, that I think if there is one commonality, I think it's that they've gotten a little bit too fancy with their clearing attempts. Uh, you know, I thought I thought about this during the game yesterday when there was a penalty kill for the Flyers late in the third period, and Radko Gudis, who is not exactly the most skilled player in the history of the face of the earth, was out there killing a penalty for the Flyers, and every time the puck, the puck touched his stick, it immediately left the zone. He didn't stop to pick up and look where it was going. He didn't stop to, to look for an outlet pass. He didn't stop to try to outskate somebody. He just whacked that thing across the blue line. And I think the Penguins got to get a little bit back to that. Uh, their puck management is an issue as a whole. It's especially an issue on the penalty kill. Uh, you can try to outscore other teams, and that's okay, Adam. You can't try to do it when you're shorthanded. And I think the Penguins have just been completely careless with their clearing attempts. And in situations that should be clear-cut, head down, dump this thing out, 
uh, list it so high it almost hits the scoreboard, a la Larry Murphy. Uh, they've been trying to do a little bit too much. Uh, I think if they can clean that up, the penalty kill is going to get back to the area that it was before. I have no doubt that they can get there. Losing Ian Cole does not turn your penalty kill from you know one of the at least top ten penalty kills in the league to the worst. Uh, he is not that good uh, to have that effect on this roster. And I think as a whole, it's a team-wide funk right now. The power play is in a little bit of that same funk. They're still first in the league, and it hasn't been hit them quite as hard. Uh, but I, I, I still think we're going to see this thing rebound before it's all said and done. Derek Broussard's got points in six straight. He seems to be quite comfortable now, no? Derek Broussard is a nightmare to play against, Adam. Boys, yesterday, ever an example of that. Uh, early in that game in the first period, I talked about how he was just absolutely hounding the Flyers defensemen that were trying to outlet that puck. And that's how he's going to create goals out of He's going to create goals off the back check and quickly in transition, uh, like that lob pass we saw from Connor Sherry yesterday to him. Uh, he just seems to have finally settled in. And maybe at that adjustment period for him coming out of Ottawa where they play obviously at ultra defensive one three one. Uh, maybe took a little bit longer than we all anticipated, but I think this right here is the Penguins are the player that the Penguins thought they were getting when they made that trade, uh, and that's that's just bad news. Period. Point blank. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, that I, I expect him to continue to find open spaces to score goals from, uh, and I think that they've aligned him in a way now in that second power play unit where he's kind of the man in the middle in the slot uh, that has those open look opportunities, finding that space to be able to rip that one timer. Uh, I, I, they, this, we've only begun to see and scratch the surface of what Derek Broussard can do. And again, when you talk about heating up at the right time, there's no better better time to get hot than it is right now. So uh, I think for me, uh, he's definitely in the right spot. Coming up in about seven minutes, going to call back Sister Jean. So those of you who want to hear me talk to a nun, we called her earlier today, and my God, uh, things got a little weird. Uh, before we get to that, though, Devils Capitals Jackets. Who do you want to see out of that group, Jesse, if it's not the Flyers? Because I think the Flyers would be the ideal matchup for the Penguins in round one. Capitals. Uh, I like that, it. Yes. Yeah, that's that's my answer. I, I don't want any part of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, it would be a great playoff primer for the Penguins, but they've yet to beat them. Uh, and I don't want the Penguins, I think, going into a first-round series that could potentially be, A, a little bit on the longer side, five or you know, six, seven gamer. And B is going to take a lot out of their tank. That New Jersey series would absolutely take a lot out of their tank. The Blue Jackets are playing really good. This is actually out on the exact opposite of the way things normally work for the Blue Jackets. Most of the time, they come into the playoffs at a slump of just absolute epic proportions. Um, You know, hockey is a weird thing. And I grew up as a kid, uh, you know, watching the Penguins make the playoffs 11 straight years from from 89 to, to 2000. And seven of those 11 years, they beat the Capitals in the playoffs. And then now you look in the, in the Crosby and Ovechkin era, uh, and the Caps are, are 0 for 3. Uh, that's in their head. I'm sorry, it is. That, that's a thing that they've been thinking about. I mean, we read an article uh, earlier this year about how uh, Ted Leonsis has a database of missed calls that have gone against his team in playoff series against the Penguins that he is openly and willingly sharing with people and with anyone that will listen. Uh, that is, is a, uh, as much of a curse as you'll ever find in the sport. Uh, and I think with the Capitals goalie situation right now, uh, I think the Penguins could come out of that series in, in, in six games and be no worse for the wear. Really good stuff, Jesse. Always appreciate the time, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Adam. Coming up next, Crowley Oki.
And the hottest take of the day. And other crap. Oh, my God. So much to squeeze. And that's what she said. It's Crowley Show. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock a rhyme that's right on top. It's tricky. It's the time. Here we go. To rock a rhyme. To rock a rhyme that's right on time. It's tricky. 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 It's tricky. Rock a rhyme. Rock a rhyme that's right on time. It's tricky. 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 Her hair was kind of curly. Went to her house and bust her out. I had to leave her early. These girls are very sleazy. All they just say is please me. Oh, boy. I said it's not that easy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Rock around, do rock around. That's right on time. It's tricky. Hey. It's tricky. That's pretty much the whitest rap ever right there, right? No. Like, we should not <laughs> That was even... bad. <laughs> I really thought we'd be better at that. i take full responsibility. Like, street cred officially gone. Of the Crowley show? Yeah. Yeah. I think Tom could pull it off. Like, I, I want like, to give, give Tom... It's tricky yeah. to rock go, a rap, to it, rock a rap. That's right, on top is tricky. Tricky, 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 tricky. It's tricky to rock a rap, to rock a rap. That's right, on top. Wrong with us? <laughs> Bring it home, Tom. It's a solo. I know. Let's go. When I wake up, people. I don't, I don't, I don't have, know these words. Didn't have it. I don't know. I never made it this far into the song. I never made it. I make up a rhyme. All right. Well, that was the worst. Worst edition of karaoke we've had. Wearing, going too far. Tricky. Yeah, it's bad. This is the whitest that's show. That's as bad as it's ever been. Whitest show eh, ever. That's not good. It's, it's, see, the funny thing to me is that you can't rock that song, but you can rock that other song. What is that? The Vanessa Carlton. Yeah, that thing. You can rock that without a problem, without skipping a beat. You can't nail Run DMC. This is your jam, man. I could nail Run DMC. You've got you. Uh, Give you, me some you, time. Your 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 catalog. Is, I think like. Sways towards chick Making music. Making my way downtown. Walking fast, faces past, and I'm homebound. <laughs> See, this you know and you don't know Run DMC. <laughs> Staring blankly ahead. Okay. Wow. Officially off the road. I mean, we could at least go through the chorus. Yeah, play his jam. It's I Crowley's mean, jam, Tom. I think he X'd out of it, though. Yeah, it's over. Oh, jeez. You blew it. You blew it. No, you blew it. It's my jam. It's time for the hottest take of the day. I guess I can just it's point to you now that we're in studio. Yeah, you could. avoid saying it and then let the announcer say it. Tim Benz popped into the studio in between segments, and he's filling in for Madden this week, and he said that somebody called in and told him that Sister Jean is, in fact, not bound to a wheelchair. Sister Jean can walk. Sister Jean just had a hip replacement, but she can walk. Mike Pursuta's had hip replacements. And Mike Pursuta's fine. He walks all over the place. She's a fraud. A fraud. They put a blanket over her like she's FDR. She's not. Spoiler alert. She can walk. And it doesn't even have to be a miracle for her to walk. I've added up to here, and I'm reaching up very high with this Sister Jean.
That wheelchair is probably good for like 25% more sales on the new 100%. Sister Jean Empire selling t-shirts. And what I'm hearing is that they're doing a Sister Jean bobblehead. Yep. She will not be in the wheelchair for the bobblehead. I get trying to get her into the handicap seating for the games. But whenever she's out and about, going on her own, nice little Sister Jean walks... She ain't rolling around. Did they let her out at like other times rather than the game? No. Like Keep her in her cage yeah, during like, the other seasons eh, of the year. Eh. And in fact, I'm actually surprised she was allowed into the opening round games because they would not let the Butler Bulldog in. Who's got a saggier face? Let's put this up on the poll. Saggier face, Sister Jean or the Butler Bulldog. Oh no. Oh no. Can I share a theory? Okay. Might not be a popular one. But I kind of deep down think that Sister Jean might actually be a weekend at Bernie's situation. Oh, no, Brian. Oh, no. Is that bad? Yes, it's, it's bad. Not good. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I kind of wonder. Brian, obviously, we were just talking about the fact that she's not... She can walk. She's not in a wheelchair. Have you seen her? You clearly are surprised by this story. Have you seen her walk? I've seen her talk. Look, everybody on the beach at, at, at Weekend at Bernie's thought he was up. They saw him walk. All it took was a couple strings tied to those two guys. They walk them right down the road. You know what that is right there from Brian? What? That was the hottest take of the day. Yes. Day. Day. I win. Day. <laughs> Winning. Woo! Other crap. Rocket Man. Oing. Did you see that jackass rocket man dude who shot himself 1,800 feet in the air to prove that the Earth is flat? If you shoot yourself 1,800 feet into the air on a man-made rocket, a homemade rocket, you've got to be smart. I mean, you really do. To build the rocket, to launch yourself, to survive the fall, that guy's bright. But yet he doesn't believe that the Earth is flat around. Which one is it? Which one's the dumb one, Tom? He does not believe that the Earth is round. flat. He doesn't believe the Earth is round. He thinks it's flat. No, it is flat. N- shut up. What? First, okay, 1,800 feet. Get in the plane. Look out the window. Get in the plane. You want, Why do you have to go through all that trouble to get up 1,800 feet? Just, I got an idea. Go to the top of the Empire State Building. Do something like that. There's a lot easier. There's a lot of ways. buildings in the way, though. There's a lot of no. There's not. You get a plan. You might not get the. You might not get good weather. In in most directions, you can really, see forever it, out of that building. It, so it could really be. It could really be cloudy. I mean, look. I get that you're saying he's smart, but here's the thing: eighteen hundred feet is not high enough. No, it's smart to be able to develop a rocket at home yes, that can that launch is, it that high. It require that has knowledge, not intelligence. Eh. If I were to do it, I just like stab a hole in my hot water heater. Woo! Other crap. Albert Bell was arrested in Scottsdale during a spring training game. He exposed himself to a couple of people, and then he got a DUI. So they're calling it an extreme DUI. You know how I feel about that. That's double jeopardy. Woo! Other crap. Jalen Rose's mom, Michigan fan, had this to say to our friend, Sister Jean. 
Mr. Jean. It's been a good ride. But it's over Saturday. Go Blue! 100. Yeah, pretty sure that's the week in a Bernie situation. Woo! Other crap. The head coach of Florida State is jackass and did not handle his loss very well. Take me through the final seconds of this game. Why didn't you guys foul? What are you talking about? Down the stretch there, the end of the game, the final seconds, 11 seconds left on the clock. Do you think that the game came down to the final seconds of the game? Woo! Other crap. Pitt basketball has not won a conference game in 395 days. Even the UMBC guy won't come here. I mean, that guy was 19 and 14 this year. He won't come. That's a problem. They're in trouble. Not good. In the slightest. 13-9, Win a basketball game. Tomorrow on the show, I call rabbis from around the area. Gonna insult some of your favorite speakers. Really, any faith that you have, I'm gonna challenge it. We might talk about baseball. Wait, no, we're not. Go Indians! Maybe we'll have Buck Showalter on. Who, 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 who.